morning class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. That is God's plan, that's God's will for you to win, not be defeated, not be overcome, but be victorious, be an overcomer. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. Uh, you know, failing and being overwhelmed and being defeated is never the will of God, never the plan of God. The scripture says, 2 Corinthians 2.14, that he always causes us to triumph. He's the God who gives us the victory, not the defeat. And even though you may not see how to overcome, he already knows. He's already got it. And we, if we look to him, the scripture said he always makes a way of escape, a way, a way out, a way of victory. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom, turn everything else off. Don't be trying to do a bunch of things. Somebody say, well, I'm a, I'm a multitasker. I can do that. No, no. A lot of times people think they can. You can't do three things at one time. You'll, you can dart back and forth between them, but when you move from here to here, you're missing something here while you're here. You might go back and forth, but you can't cover everything at the same time. And God's things deserve your full attention. Do you agree with that, class? God's things do. So give it your full attention and I'm saying this for your benefit, you'll get, you'll get more out of it. You'll get answers and you won't miss things. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the utterance and the ears to hear and the answers and direction. Open your word to us. Uh, grant us, Lord, to understand what you have said and revealed and, and show us your ways that we may know you and know you better and know you fully. We ask it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would look in the scriptures to Hebrews, the third chapter again, we've been on a series for some weeks now that we're calling uh, Overcoming Unbelief. And in this passage of Hebrews 3 and 7, he said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest." Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And he goes on to make another couple of references to not hardening yourself. 
Verse 19 down here says, we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. This is referring to that first generation of uh, Israelites, the seed of Abraham, that God brought out of Egyptian bondage and slavery. And his plan was to take them directly into the uh, promised land, Canaan land. He said, it's a beautiful place, place I've picked out for you, uh, land that flows with milk and honey. He talked about every good thing that you would want, need, desire to have a good life is there. And they, uh, every time there was some kind of a challenge, they would throw up their hands and say, it's no use. We got to go back to Egypt. They, they would say, we're all going to die out here. We can't do it. When they finally got to uh, the border of the promised land and the, the 12 spies went in and brought back the report and the evidence, uh, most of them, uh, the 10 of them said, we can't do it. It's too hard. It's too big. The giants are too big. The walls in the city are too hard and too big. And we're too little and, and we can't. Do you hear how unbelief talks? How it sounds, how it thinks. We can't. It's too big. There's no way. We, we got to quit. We can't go far. We got to go back where it's comfortable, even if it's in slavery, back to bondage, back to what you know. Um, faith, excuse me, unbelief is fearful. It is fearful. It is continually looking back, wanting to go back, draw back, pull back instead of advance and move forward. It takes faith to go into the previously not experienced, <laughs> the unknown, right? It takes faith. And, and there's always an element of, of fear that will try to come, but you have to overcome it. You have to put, put it aside and say, no, no, no. And this is what Caleb and Joshua did. They said, no, now the Lord's with us. Hallelujah. Everybody say that out loud. The Lord's with us. The Lord's with, us. The Lord's with, me. The Lord's with me. Now that ought to make you feel a lot more confident, right? About the whole, whatever situation you're in, you're not in it by yourself. Oh, somebody say it again. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. He is with me. He is, with me. He is for me. He is, for me. He is in me. He is in me. Hallelujah. Oh, it makes all the difference in the world. You might say, well, I, I can't do it. Well, you may be right by yourself, but you're not by yourself. Right? You're right? I don't, well, I don't know enough. Yeah, but you got somebody with you that knows the whole thing. Right? Well, what are we going to do? He knows. I like, you know, more than once the Lord was, uh, would show things to the prophets and then he would ask them a question. What does that mean? And more than once they would say, oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> That's the right answer, isn't it? When, when, when I don't know, he knows. When I, even if I hadn't got a clue, he's not trying to figure it out. He already knows. He already knows. And he's with me. And since he's with me, he's not going to leave me. He already knows. We've already got the answer. Even though I don't know it yet, because he's got it. He's with me. So we got it. And he'll show me. If I'll stay with him, stay hooked, pay attention, listen, do what he says, I will see it. He will reveal it to me. He will walk me through it step by step. Everybody say it again. The Lord, the Lord my, God, my God, is with me. Is with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's with me. 
And so uh, that's what Joshua and Caleb said. They said, no, no, we can do it. Let's go up at once and take it. Let's get it. God's given it to us. It's right here. Uh, their, their defense is gone. And the Lord's not with them. He's with us. And it made the other folks so mad they wanted to stone them and, and kill them. And, and that's what this is saying. This unbelief prevented them from the blessings of God, robbed them of the plan of God. This is something that a lot of, um, I don't know, a traditional religion uh, doesn't acknowledge. Uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, everything is somehow the will of God. And there's a lot of church going people believe that if it's God's will, it's going to happen. And if it didn't happen, then it must not have been God's will. That is not true. That is not what the Bible teaches. People say, well, if God's God and he's all powerful and, and he can do anything, then certainly if it's his will, it's going to happen. No, not so. Not true. He's not, he is God. He does know everything. He can do everything, but he has chosen to give human beings a free will and a choice. And he has chosen in his wisdom not to override our choice and our will. And so if we choose to ignore him, choose to distrust him, disobey him, then even though something was his will for us, it's not going to happen. Even though God's well able to do it, it was already his plan, it's already his will, it's still not going to happen if we refuse it. If we reject it. Now we won't stop the whole plan of God in the earth. But we can stop his plan for us. Individually. We can be left out. He's got to have somebody to use to accomplish things. But it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be you. He can use somebody else if he needs to. But I'm not letting somebody else get my blessing. How about you? I'm not, I don't want anybody else getting my. Don't think you can come steal my reward. No. I'm going <laughs> I'm purposing, I'm going to obey. I'm, I'm making the choice to believe, to trust, to listen, to obey. Everybody said out loud, I choose, I choose to, believe, to believe, to follow the Lord, Lord holy, fully, fully, to trust Him. To trust him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And His will, His will will be done, will be done. in my life. You notice in what we call the, the Lord's Prayer, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a prayer. This is a request. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is. Well, if God's will is automatically done, there'd be no need to pray for it. To pray that it would be. Come on, can you see what I'm talking about? If it's not going to happen unless it's God's will. And everything that's God's will is going to happen. No matter what you think or don't think. Then there certainly be no need to pray that the will of God would be done. No, the truth is God's will is being done in its entirety in heaven. And it's his will that God's will be done on earth. The way it is in heaven, it's not being done. How many would, would at least concede 
earth is not like heaven. Huh? There's a, there's a lot of stuff. You know, how much crime do they have in heaven? You know, how many people starving to death? No, no. There, there are no, uh, you know, needs not being met. There's not the destruction and, and all that stuff. Why? Because God's will is being done in heaven. And to a large extent, it is not being done in the earth. Now, if you've got a problem with that, you need to get this fixed. Well, I don't know if I agree with you, preacher. Don't think about me. Think about this. This. This was, this was around a long time before you and I got here. This is right. How many believe the Bible is right? The Word is right. So what we're seeing here is that it was God's will for them to come right out of Egypt, learn a few basic faith lessons and obedience, and go right into the promised land and live there and, and enjoy life and them, they and their families and successive generations. Honoring Him, listening to Him, keeping His commands and statutes and ordinances, and enjoying a good and a prosperous and a blessed life. That did not happen with that whole first generation. They never got in. Everybody from age 20 and up that were absolutely unpersuadable concerning God's goodness and faithfulness, they wandered around out there in the desert. Somebody say, not the will of God dry, bleak existence, not, not, a, not a real life, subsistence. They're subsisting. They're existing, but they're not enjoying the God kind of life. This is not the will of God. Why are we told to not let this happen to us? Why are we told from numerous New Testament verses to look at those things and learn from them? Is it true that the same kind of thing is happening today? That people won't listen and they won't obey God and they won't trust Him and they're going in circles in the desert in their life and the years are passing by and they're, next thing you know they look up and they're older and it's time to leave here and they have not experienced the plan of God. They have not experienced the Canaan's land. The, all the blessings and things that God had prepared for them. People say, well, that's, uh, that's awful. That's scary. That's what happened to them. And what did he say? Look at the verse again, verse 12. Take heed, brethren. How many are born again? You're, you're part of the brethren. Well, he's talking to us. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He's cautioning us. He's admonishing us. He's warning us. Learn what happened to them and see to it that you don't fall into this trap, that you don't get into that rut of every time some kind of challenge comes up, you start panicking, you start crying, you start feeling sorry for yourself, you start blaming other people and won't trust God because that robs that robs. And the thing is, you can do the, all the things I just mentioned. We, we could do it and hardly anybody will notice because that's what the whole world is doing. Huh? This is the way of the ungodly world. What? Rebellious, stubborn, won't listen, won't yield, won't submit, won't obey, and just negative, negative. 
Lord, deliver us from all these negative folks. Huh? It's just all around you only talking about the bad and what we don't have and what we can't do and how wrong everything is and how it's all going spiraling down the drain. I mean, just saying it makes you want to lay down and quit, right? I mean, think, oh, no. no point, no use. No, no, wrong. Now, this world is in a mess. There's no question about that. But it's not God's fault. I said, it's not God's fault. And it's not God's will. This goes all the way back to Adam and Eve disobeying God. And then ever since then, people, men and women disobeying God, refusing to listen, which is why humanity lost themselves, lost everything they had control over, including their own souls. And Jesus had to come and save us or we'd all be lost. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for saving us. He saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. Mankind had gotten itself in such a mess that there was, it was hopeless for man to save themselves. So God had to send his son. Jesus had to come and become a man because no other man or woman was passing the test and qualifying to be the Savior. He had to do it himself. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But he did. Jesus, the Bible said, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And as a man, Philippians talked about, he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men, but he did it as a man. He passed all the tests. He did not fail. He did not succumb and yield to temptation and, and sin. And so then he was and is the perfect, sinless, spotless sacrifice for mankind. And he gave himself, like, just like they used to slaughter the lamb and the blood would go on the, uh, uh, you know, the altar in the mercy seat to cover the sins for another year. Well, uh, Hebrew says the blood of, of bulls and goats could never wash away sin. It, was, it, it wasn't valuable enough. It wasn't powerful enough. But the blood of the spotless lamb... Jesus is talking about his blood was and is enough and more than enough. Powerful. Hallelujah. Because the life of God himself is in the blood of Jesus the master. Oh, hallelujah. The Zoe, eternal life of God. So when he gave his blood, he gave life. He gave, remember the scripture said the life is in the blood. And that's true with you right now in your human body. You take the blood out, the body ain't going to work. <laughs> the life is in the blood. Well, that blood of Jesus is still alive and speaking today. The Bible said it is on the mercy seat, not the one made with hands, but the one in heaven. And it is speaking, speaking. The blood, somebody say, the blood is speaking. The blood is speaking. Blood is What's it saying? Well, the blood, you know, when Cain killed Abel, 
back in Genesis, it's recorded. Then the scripture said that, that God said to him, your brother's blood is crying from the ground. I hear it. Well, what was his blood saying? His blood was crying out for justice. His blood was crying out, you know, uh, that he had been wronged, he had been done wrong. But the blood of Jesus is not crying out for vengeance or justice. You know what it's crying out? Innocent. Hallelujah. They, instead of you being guilty and needing to be judged in vengeance, that's why this Bible said it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Somebody say, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. And all those who have received Jesus as Lord and confessed Him as Lord and believed that God has raised Him from the dead, you have received the effects of the blood of the Lamb. And for the rest of your life, the rest of your existence, every time you need it, that blood will never lose its power. It is there on the mercy seat and you can receive forgiveness and cleansing from the power of that blood a hundred thousand times in this lifetime and a million times more. It will never, somebody say never, never lose its power. Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're watching today and you've never received Jesus and the benefits of that blood and the benefits of that forgiving and cleansing and washing power, now's your opportunity. Right now. We'll all pray with you. We'll believe with you today immediately. Say it out loud. Don't be, don't be uh, pulled back or, or hesitant. Say it out loud right now, wherever you are. Say, Father God, Father God I, believe in you. I believe in you and in your son Jesus. And I acknowledge, and I acknowledge we, couldn't we couldn't save ourselves. I can't save myself. I can't save myself. And I have, sinned I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I believe that you sent Jesus. He died on the cross. He paid the full price for all my sins, every failure, every mistake. But you raised him from the dead, free from sin, free from death and judgment and pain and punishment. And he is alive right now at the right hand of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, I confess you. Lord of my life, I submit myself to your Lordship and I receive all you have done for me, the cleansing of the blood, the washing of the blood, the power of eternal life in me. I receive it and I thank you for it. I'm clean. I'm washed. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Saved. Saved by the mercy and grace of God and by the power of the great sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb. Anybody who makes light of these things and mocks these things is a true fool.
Don't be a fool. Nothing more precious has ever happened in the earth. Nothing greater has ever occurred throughout the generations of mankind and never will. This is the salvation, the complete salvation of human beings. Now it's available, the Bible said he is the Savior of all men, but especially of those who believe. (laughs) The ones who believe it and receive it are the ones who will experience it. Just like the ones who believed it and received it, Joshua and Caleb, they went into the land. They enjoyed all the good things and their children after them. But the people who didn't believe it, even though it was the will of God, never experienced it. Is it true that it's not God's will that any should perish? That's what the Bible says. Is it true that salvation has been bought and paid for, for all of the billions of human beings on the planet that are and that will ever live? Is it true that their salvation's already been paid for? And it's available to them, but not all are enjoying it. Most are not enjoying it. Same reason they didn't go to the promised land. Refusal to believe, stubborn, unpersuadable. Even though many have heard some of these things many times, they've chosen to believe lies. They've chosen to substitute other gods instead of God, no God, the God of science, the God of knowledge, the God of technology, the list goes on. But I'm telling you, that God won't save you. It won't save you. It won't save you from death. It won't save you from destruction. It won't save you from separation from God. I'm so glad those of you that prayed that prayer just a moment ago, don't you let anybody talk you out of your faith in him. Contact the ministry and let us know and let us celebrate with you and get in a good church. Uh, don't, don't stop till you find where you fit. Uh, you know, not every place is going to be where you're fed or where you, you, you match and fit, but keep going and keep visiting places and, 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 and going to places. And you'll know it when you step on the property a lot of times. You'll have that sense, and especially throughout the service and the people around, you go, oh, this is it. This is the place. That doesn't mean everybody's perfect and nobody will make a mistake because they're like you are. They're people. But in that place is where you'll be fed, where you'll be nourished, and where you'll grow. And we'll be here too to help supplement it, give you that uh, faith class booster shot. Hallelujah. And because, you know, thank God for technology and the internet and all that, you can get one, you can get 10, you can get 20 every day if you want to. Just come on back and feed and grow and feed and grow. Hallelujah. Our time is winding up again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. Let's say it together. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, you, you can tell just by what we've done and what we've been confessing, because we're not confessing just men's ideas. We've been confessing scriptures and word. It is doing something to your inside. It is giving you strength. It is boosting you. It is lifting you. And that's why we do this. And that faith, that trust, that excitement, that confident expectation is pleasing to your Father God. He looks at that. 
He sees that twinkle in your eye. He hears that excitement in your voice. He sees that spring in your step. step and he goes, that's my boy. That's my girl. Is that right? He, it pleases him. And when he's pleased, I'm telling you, the grass is greener. The sky is bluer. Everything is better. Hallelujah. Well, again, that's our time for today. We come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to feed on here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 